Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today on The Courageous Mama. Last week we looked at why we should keep our boundaries in place. This week we're looking at how to keep the boundaries in place. So thanks for joining me. Each week I'm going to cover all sorts of parenting topics. It doesn't matter what age your child is, it will be relevant for you. And the two things that I love to sew into, being able to raise your children with character and also being able to do that without causing disconnect in your relationship with them. How to keep those connections in good healthy shape even when you disagree. I run up the hill first thing in the mornings and it was frosty today. It's going to be a cold one this Christmas. I bravely bought a toboggan when there was no sign of snow about a month ago. So I'm backing the fact that we're having snow this Christmas. So hopefully the toboggan will come out before the end of the year. Last week we talked about boundaries and why we have them. Yes, they keep us sane and they help our children to make good choices. But sometimes keeping them in place when we're facing opposition from strong kids can be hard. So last week we looked at why it's not in fact mean to hold your nerve in these moments and actually that it's kind and it gives them permission to protect themselves with their own boundaries. It's the beginning of self-respect. So thank you for your feedback and your encouragement. This week I promised we'd look at how to tackle those moments when the opposition is fierce. Why do our kids get angry when they can't have what they want? Well, it's just the definition of frustration, isn't it? The gap between what we want and what we've got. Basically, feeling that all of our choices have just been whipped away. We feel powerless. Think of any scenario where you feel like that. Let's say your car runs out of petrol, you want to go somewhere, but you've been stopped mid-track. The choice to keep going was whipped away. Frustration. When our kids are small, we get opportunities every day, many times a day, to show them how to handle themselves when they're frustrated. Because we all know people who can't manage themselves well when they're frustrated, don't we? And they're not so fun to be around. Teaching our children to handle themselves is a life-giving tool. And it can't be done by giving in to their frustration. But it also can't be done by matching their frustration. And our natural reaction can be to match their energy. Animals do that, don't they? I mean, just watch any Attenborough programme and they'll display that one animal challenges another. The other rises to their full height and amps up the noise, flexes some muscles, and they go back and forth and back and forth, displaying strength till one wins. That's what it looks like when nature takes over. Come on, who's done that in a standoff with one of your children? Ever raised your voice? Ever flexed the body language? Here's the message that we're sending when we do that. We're saying there's equal authority here, may the best man win. Not a healthy message from a parent to a child. And the child secretly does want to know that you are actually in charge. You are strong. But that's not the way to prove it. They're not looking for volume and aggression. They're looking for an empowered parent who's in control, not out of control. So parental authority can be gentle and kind and still keep those boundaries in place. I saw a great example of that this weekend. 
perfect timing for our podcast. We popped in on a little family on Saturday for tea. And one of the kids didn't want to eat their food. They wanted to go straight to pudding. So the child tried to appeal to his dad. Didn't work, so he raised his voice at his dad. And then he got physically agitated. And the dad didn't change his mind. He didn't change his volume and he didn't change his tone. That is so hard to do, isn't it? Now don't worry, I don't pop in on people to judge their parenting, but seeing gentle firmness in action is a great spectator sport because it's so counterintuitive, but so effective. The dad did win, but not at the cost of his relationship with his little boy. With your kids, it could be all sorts of things that frustrate them. It might be the no pudding thing. It might be screens. If they're older, it could be about chores or going out. It doesn't really matter. The principle is the same whether they're two or 18. But just for example's sake, let's say you've seen them take a toy from a sibling who was just quietly playing with it and then went up and just whipped it off them. And you feel that the right way forward is to get the toy back to the sibling who was quietly playing with it. So I'm going to share with you a three-step plan just over that example. And of course, as I say, you can take it across to all the other examples that I'm sure you're seeing on a daily basis. It's a simple plan, but as I say, it's counterintuitive. But once you hardwire it in, it'll be like muscle memory. So here are the three steps. Number one, empathy. Number two, a boundary statement. Number three, a choice. So empathy number one, not the natural choice when someone's being cheeky. So let's look at the science behind that suggestion. Your amygdala or your child's amygdala is their fight or flight centre. And when the amygdala is fearful, it's amped up and it's ready to charge. And the idea is that it should be. It responds to fear, fear of danger. But actually, it tends to respond to fear of everything. Fear of being told off. Fear of having that toy removed. If they're older, fear of not being able to go out when they want to. Fear of their pride being knocked. Amygdaline reactions are all over the internet and I'm not just talking about children there. If you want to see pride being knocked and the amygdala responding, you don't need to look far. And that's what you're facing when you want to return that toy. They feel that their choice has been taken away. And that's what you're facing when you want to return that toy to the sibling. One big, overcharged, amped up amygdala, ready to fight to the win. And the best way to calm down an amygdala is to let it know that its feelings are valid. You understand why it's feeling worried. It needs empathy. It's the only way to get the amygdala to calm down so that you can get on through to the frontal lobe that listens to reason and logic. You can, of course, rise up to the amygdala, roll up your sleeves, match the energy and see who wins and good luck. But the whole point of this podcast, but the whole point of this podcast is that you don't really want to stand off with your child. It's not great for your relationship or your reassurance to them that you are, in fact, a mature adult. So here goes. Try this. Say to the child something like this. It looks like you really wanted to play with that toy. 
It's empathetic. It conveys understanding. It doesn't judge. There's nothing for the amygdala to lock onto or fight back against. Nothing. You've found a place of total understanding with your child. Maybe not agreement, but understanding. So number two, now for the boundary statement. And make this a fact, not an accusation. So let's call the sibling Bobby. And you might say something like, Bobby was playing with that, so it needs to be returned to him. I've taken out the word you, you need to return it, because you sets the amygdala off again. I know your child is unlikely to turn around and say, oh, okay then, <laughs> that magic wand is not in my wheelhouse. You'll get backlash, you'll get upset, and you'll get resistance. And at this point, resist the urge to win and pull it off the child and have it your way. And also resist the urge to offer any platitudes like, I'll help you find something else to play with. Or, you wouldn't like it if someone took something off you. All of that is wasted breath right now. They want the toy. But if you've come in with empathy, they're receiving an incoming message through their red mist of understanding. That brings the amygdala down. Don't blow it now, keep on track. And number three, give them a choice. Would you like to give it to Bobby or shall I take it from you and give it to Bobby? Hobson's choice, I will agree, but a choice nonetheless. And don't forget going back, the reason for the frustration is lack of choices. So you're wedging in a choice into this place where they feel backed against the wall. Your voice is still calm. Your adult behaviour, still intact. Empathy, fact, choice. Once you've done this a few times, I could almost guarantee you they will start to choose to give the toy back themselves or whatever the issue is. It feels more empowered for them. But the first couple of times, you'll need to follow through. So remind them that it was a choice. They've chosen not to give the toy back, so effectively, they've chosen for you to do that. So you might say something like, so you're choosing for me to take it and to give it to Bobby. And then slowly, firmly, but gently and reassuringly, take it from them. Yes, you might have to prize their little fingers off it. But whilst your words are gentle and encouraging. I think I've said before on previous podcasts that this can feel like patting your head and rubbing your tummy at the same time. It's counterintuitive, but it amounts to muscle memory. So just to recap, boundaries build self-respect. They don't tear down relationships. Your three-part approach is empathy, statement, choice. It takes out the defensive amygdala's aggressive response. It helps them to know that even when you can't agree with them, you do at least understand how this all makes them feel. Then a gentle, empowered follow-through demonstrates that not only are you empowered, but that when they're exerting their boundaries in years to come or days to come, they too can be gentle and empowered. 
let me know how that's landed for you. I love to know what you found useful or what you would find useful. It's great to receive feedback. It's what keeps me going. It's what helps me to feel that I'm part of a group of parents who want to raise emotionally healthy children in this crazy world. If you've got the book, you'll find lots more ideas in there of how to avoid jacking up your child's amygdala. If you haven't and you'd love a full-colour, hard-backed book with parenting tools that's written so you can just pick up one page and change your day or dig into a whole chapter or the entire book, you'll love Parenting for Life. You'll find it on my website, which will also have the notes from today on if you'd like to see them in print and review it. It's called thecourageousmama.com. In fact, you'll find me everywhere on that. I'm on Instagram, I'm on the blog, I'm on the pod <laughs> and by email at gmail.com. And the link is in the show notes below if that's easier for you. So please, will you do me a favour and pop to the review section of the podcast and ping me some stars and a nice comment. I'd love it also if you shared this with a friend, someone that you know who would find it helpful. And I'll be back next week.